everyone. Welcome back to the ATL Podcast, a.k.a. the Atlanta Podcast. I am your host, Mappy Davis, where we talk to the famous Atlanta famous, infamous, and just about anybody else I feel like talking to on today's program, DJ Roots Queen. We chatted over at Magic City. That's right. We're still doing some interviews over there at Magic City. I think it's been a couple of months since we had this chat, but you know how things go. Other interviews happen, blah, blah, blah. She is the founder of Rude Girl Radio and of Coalition's DJ Atlanta, or Coalition DJ's Atlanta, my bad. Uh, she's the DJ for Zaytoven, and she's got a great story. She was introduced to me by the one and only Lola Cash, who I had on several months ago. Uh, so excited to bring this one to you. We sat down, had a nice little chat over there at Magic, and uh, let's just let's just bring it to you. Uh, DJ Roots Queen and I, away we go. So I always start with the easy one. Okay. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Tampa, Florida. Okay. So. And uh, do you have another name you go by other than DJ Roots Queen? Do you want to say your real name or no? Yeah, that's fine. People call me Roots. You know, it's like my name out the house, but my in the home name or how you should say it, like my at home name is Anna. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have kids? I do. I was going to say what your what your kids might call you, but your kids aren't going to call you Anna. <laughs> They're going to call right. me mom. Everybody like calls me Roots or Anna. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you picked up that moniker at like what? Age. The Roots moniker? Yeah. Oh, I was about mm, 28. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And did uh, did the band The Roots exist by then? I can't I can't remember if they were like Yeah, uh, yeah, they were they were around. I was actually given the name. You were given the name. Yeah. I didn't pick it. So like in what like who like how specifically did that go? Very specific. Um, I was DJing for a band. It was a reggae band and it was called Rocksteady at 8. They did Sky Rocksteady Reggae Roots. Stuff uh, like that, yeah. Right. Um, and they used to be at this pub on Davis Island, which is like one of the cool areas of Tampa. It's like Channelside, Davis Island, Ebor City, you know. Right. That's like the Tampa culture. I know Ebor. Yeah. I think I've drank a lot in Ebor. I think everyone has. Back in the day, yes. Yeah, I think everyone has. <laughs> you know, so, okay, so with that being said, I was DJing for this band, and I would DJ like between their intermissions, and the lead singer... He was um, actually, he was like a Nigerian Rasta guy. And he said, everybody give it up for the Roots Queen. And I was like, ooh, that's my DJ name right there. I'm going to remember that. And I like literally changed my DJ name. I told him, I was like, you just gave me my DJ name. What were you before that? Um, Manga. That was like my old DJ name. Manga like? Like M-A-N-G-A. But like, what does that even? Okay, so when I first started DJing, see, this is why I had to switch it all up and create a new brand. By the way, I have to say one thing to love about Magic City. They're now dispersing the ashtrays. In yeah. one of the few places left <laughs> in the world that you can smoke inside because they don't give a fuck. No, they don't. Yeah. W- so, what you smoke either. You know, I used to spin all kinds of stuff. Like, um, EDM didn't really exist a lot then. So, like, drum and bass, you know, hip hop, house, techno. But these guys know. were, but these guys were reggae, you said. Yeah, and I did reggae too. Right. Yeah. But back in the day, though, I didn't really do reggae like that. I was like more on, like, a, I guess it's called EDM now. And I was now like really I feel like it's been rocker. called that. No, no, it wasn't called EDM when I was like a kid because I was like a kid at the time. But I feel like EDM was like the 2000s. Yeah, I'm the first about, rave culture. I'm talking about the first rave culture, right? In the 90s, right? Yeah. So that first rave culture, you know, I was really into drum and bass, but I was really into like the drum and bass that sampled a lot of reggae music, right? So. 
basically, I had a short bob and like I had these bangs, and everybody said I looked like a Japanimation character. Oh, right. Bangs. Well, that's what I thought you meant when you said manga, but I yeah, was like, I didn't know where you yeah, were going it's with because that. Because everybody said I looked like a Japanimation character when I was right. So, what were the? What did your? Do you remember like what your parents listened to in the house? Oh, my parents, my dad, he would listen to what I would listen to, to be honest with you. But I will get into what he would listen to. Um, he would be, he would listen to Tupac with me, Bone Thugs and Harmony. He liked For the Love of Money. His favorite song by Tupac was uh, Violent. He was like, really listen to it with me, you know? And so I listened to music with him. And he taught me a lot about like The Doors, Jimi Hendrix. But he also liked fun bands. Like I would go with him to see all types of different acts before they were like really big in the 90s, you know? Like who would come to town? Um, this is in Tampa, right? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think like Candlestick. I don't know if you remember that. I don't know. <laughs> no. Um, the Spin Doctors? He'd yes, be like, the okay, Spin Doctors. He liked Skinny Puppy, Spin Doctor. <laughs> you know, I don't know. He just liked a lot of different like cool new bands. He really liked Metallica. It was the 90s, so he liked that. Right. He liked hip hop. He didn't really like um, country music that much. Right. I just, I haven't heard... I haven't even heard the phrase the spin doctors in like so long. I hear it at the gym. I don't I don't know. Like I don't really care about having my headphones on at the gym because honestly my headphones smell like weed from being in the clubs. So I just like I'll, I'll just listen to whatever. I listen to music all the time. Let me just like listen to they play like Jane's addiction in my gym. Right. Well like so I remember so my friend was like went to UNC and like he played like oh you got to hear this song it's called Big Fat Funky Booty okay. and like hilarious to us at the time right uh -huh. and then like I want to say maybe six months or a year later like that song Two Princes came out and then they they kind of blew up for a second yeah but yeah. that was it it was yeah. like a one hit yeah, wonder yeah, exactly. situation that's why I'm saying I'm surprised like I oh, never I'm into like 90s one hit wonder stuff I like that kind of stuff you Chumbawamba know? yeah I they play they play Chumbawamba at the gym too yeah I do. Uh, what's, what's what's another one? You know who else I actually talked to on Twitter once? They hit me up on Twitter. Who? Who was the ones that did the song from Shrek? Smash, Smash Bear, Mouth? Bear, Smash Mouth. They're yeah. the biggest. They're the biggest. Yeah, All-Star. Yeah. yeah, they're the biggest They hit ones. me up to get in touch with Chip Fu from the Fushnikins. And what happened? I set them up. I don't know whatever happened from it or what they They wanted. should get... Why, so why do they decide to give you, like... I don't know. That's what I always wonder. I'm like... Yeah, so Smash Mouth, Bare Naked Ladies, these were yeah. like... Bare Naked Ladies had a few hits, but... Yeah. But yeah... Okay, so with me being a DJ and everything, I'm really into music, and I mean all kind of music. Like, I actually love gigs that are kind of like weddings, especially, you know, weddings and stuff like that, and like dinners, because I can play like contemporary R&B. I can play like Anita Baker, you know, Atlantic Star. Right. You know, Dionne Warwick, things like that. Do you want to hear my amazing impressions? Whitney Houston. Do you want to hear my okay. amazing impressions? No, no, I cannot sing at all. Okay. <laughs> so I'm one of those guys that like, I can't sing, but I don't, so I don't try. I'm not one of those people who's like at a party, like, like, but yeah. alone in my car in the yeah. shower. Yeah. But then you get a song stuck in your head. And so my wife will be like, honey, you have to stop. Cause I don't even realize I've been singing it like nonstop for however, however many hours. But mm -hmm. what's, what's an, an Anita Baker song they used to play? Like. From beginning to yeah. end, 365 days of the year. Yeah, like that? I love her. Yeah, 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 stuff like that. I like, I just like really like music. I like hard music. I like soft music. It just kind of depends on the mood and the vibe and like what we're doing, you know? Um, so for you, you're like, you'll take whatever gig. You don't care whether it's a club, a wedding, like mm -hmm. what, you'll just, you're down for whatever. Yeah. I do all types of gigs. I do a lot of corporate gigs too. Right. Mm -hmm. So is the typical... I mean, is the typical corporate gig like so? I like I've been to these conferences, and like they'll have somebody like 
spinning, let's just say, mood music, mm-hmm. or like you're on stage, like you know, I'll you, do both. An actual, I'll do both. So folks just reach out to you or your management or whatever just through like IG and say hey we got this going on well actually that's funny that you say that because a lot of people find me from my website okay yeah so if when they're looking for a DJ like me you know I I know how to like what's like me a female okay okay so I know they're looking for a female DJ you know I know how to make sure that they can find me on Google so if I type in best female DJs I'm probably gonna get you is that what you're saying I don't want to. I don't want to give up my keywords. Oh no! But see, but dude, here's the thing. This is what. Listen, I'm going to give you a great example of this, okay. right? So I have a show called the Atlanta Podcast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If you Google the Atlanta Podcast, that's great SEO, right? There. Right? Yeah. You're going to find me. There's actually another show called the Atlanta Podcast. Some people have come on this show and have okay, been. Okay, fine. You told me yours. I'll tell you mine. Oh. <laughs> Female DJ Atlanta. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. I mean, but listen, yeah. but here's the deal. It's not just that. You have to do some other things too. But the point is- I don't is want to talk about the things that I had. No, no, no. But, but, yeah. but here's the thing though. I've seen, a, there are many other Atlanta podcasts, but guess what they do? Mm-hmm. They get cute with their name. Yeah. And by getting cute, it's like cool, but no one will ever find you other than the people you tell. Yeah. So like there's a podcast, there's probably not even right. around anymore, but I remember I found one because I'm always, I'm constantly seeing mm-hmm. how I'm doing Googling. Mm-hmm. And I found one called like, like ATL us, like Atlas. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so you're trying to be cute. It's the word Atlas. You've got the word us in there. And that's cool, but you, no one will ever fucking find you. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like doing that stuff that like makes common sense. Yeah, and that's why certain websites are real expensive because it's like a name like that. I bet you atlantapodcast.com, what's going on with that? Website? Well, that's the thing is me and these other guys and yeah. shout out to those guys. You could buy it though. Well, I own the atlantapodcast.com. Oh, you do. Okay, perfect. That's what I'm okay. saying. They never, we start at the same time, I'll but I immediately bought the name. Okay. Right? Yeah, that's and good. then Instagram, it doesn't matter. You can yeah. make your Instagram anything. I could start one tomorrow called dj.rootsqueen. Yeah. And you could report me as a fake or whatever, yeah. but like, I, I might just, get verified. You should do that. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> I said, I'm trying to get verified. Maybe you should do that. <laughs> it is to, it, when you have fakes, they think yeah. you're verified? I don't know. They think it's you're legit. Theory. But no, no, but it's smart, dude. Yeah. It's like you can be an artist and you can be a badass chick and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, do some basic businesses and people don't think of that stuff, right. which they important. should. It's very, very, very important. That's, that's probably one of the most like important things you can do. Dude, if I want a website and it's already taken or something like that, I'll see how much it is. I'll put a bid on it, you know, and buy the dang website. And so I, so I own it and have it. Right. You know, like RudeGirlRadio.com, that's mine. And Rude Girl. Yes. And that's just basically the whole thing of my whole life. You know, I, my dad, he used to also take me to reggae concerts, things like that. So right. I've always been like into reggae from being around the culture, from being from Tampa, like my whole life. Do you know the Toasters sing a song about me? Oh, yeah? It's called Matt Davis, Special Agent. Oh, really? It's not about me, mm-hmm. but it's my name. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> and I, and I kind of like certain types of reggae and like oldies when it comes to that not just with reggae too I'm like really like a lot of oldies oh I did um, Sweetie her grandmother great grandmother turned 88 and I DJ'd her 88th birthday party and I was playing all like Motown oldies and stuff too so I've just always been like into all kinds of music it's like a challenge but isn't that always the people that like you want to be friends with or the people who like you don't like the people who only listen to like one yeah. Shit or like never to me they never, like my friends have always It'd be been easier if they did sometimes because it's all these crates and playlists but it's okay. But so so you got this so with this like Rude Girl Radio yes. it's not just it's not just like Rasta based though. It's no, it's no. 
that that just comes from that just comes from exactly what a rue girl is and it's basically i'm not british but i'm Euro- european and so it's basically like a white girl in london that's like really into ska and rock steady music and i was really into the drum and bass which came from london so it just kind of came from that right you know well you know juju who is the Prince of Magic City? He, the wings are named after him. They're the Rude Boy Wings. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's they're really good. Okay. Oh, so do you want me to tell you about my funnest night in Magic City? Absolutely. Okay. All right. So this was the first time that DJ Esco DJed from when he got out of jail from when he went to jail in Dubai. Do you remember that? I do not. When was okay. this? What year is this? Two thousand. He went to jail in 2014 and was there for a while until he finally got out and released. He got, just had weed on him in Dubai. And basically, it was like a bunch of hard drives ended up coming up missing. And so they came back to Atlanta and recorded the 56 Nights and March Madness and all that type of stuff. So basically, it's his first night DJing since he got out of jail. This was like a big deal. We were like petitioning, you know, <laughs> we were like, seriously. Kind of like Britney Griner type thing. Right. You know? I was going to say, like, let yeah. this be a lesson if you're listening, folks. Double check your weed pens, your vapes. Like, double check yeah. before you get on the fucking plane. Yeah. Do not end up in a jail in Russia. Yeah, exactly. And he talked about it and told his whole story. And it was just, like, very... We were very happy to have him back. So he... It was funny, though, because he didn't have any new music. So he was just, like, playing what was on his computer that he had. And it was, like... It was, like cool though I, we didn't mind but it was just like there were like other songs that were out that everybody was playing you know and it was DJ X-Rated's birthday okay so I came with a couple friends to hang out with him and DJ Boo was there I was like in the section because I was he was a coalition DJ I was a coalition DJ we had like a bunch of people that we knew my friend Robin so what is here. tell people what that means coalition DJ coalition DJ were basically the DJ crew in the ATL that breaks all the rappers um, founded by DJ Nando and we're actually sitting in Magic City where <laughs> DJ Nando owned, pretty much, you know? So... I had, I had X-rated on the show, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We, so. sat, we sat right here. Okay. He's a cool doc, cool guy. He's hilarious. We yeah, were, we were cracking guy. up. Because, like, mm-hmm. he's played football, and we talked about that. And mm-hmm. he, he just... Anyway. Yeah, so... He's a funny dude. Okay, so we're standing in, like, the little middle part and everything. And these people are throwing all of this money in, <laughs> to the point to where it was, like, stacks of money hitting me in my head. <laughs> And they're finally, one of the dancers on stage bends down and is like, are you going to pick up your money, girl? And I was like, I can pick this up. <laughs> it was like $150. I shit you not. That's so awesome. That was a pretty good night. So I, this has come up on the show before, but I'll mm-hmm. say it again. When I first came in here, I'd never been, okay? I could not believe how small it was because you imagine this place that's like magical, literally, and it's pretty small. Yeah. And I'm like, how does this even like work? And so uh, the woman in charge who uh, doesn't like to be talked about was like, we have to come in here and like we have to move this out of the There's so much fucking money. It's behind there. It's over there. It's just piles. Like people can't understand. I don't think people can understand the concept of like everybody jokes about like what making it rain means. But in this club, like – you know, guys come in with fucking bricks. Yeah, I know. I've seen, <laughs> who was it that I've seen? Cap One. I've seen Cap One throw like $80,000 like right there one night. I mean. I spent a lot of money in here. I'm not going to lie. That's great. I mean. I don't know. I'm kind of embarrassed. Why would you be embarrassed? I'm just kidding. Because I don't know. I'm just kidding. 
That's what people love about this place. Yeah. I may have to have you tell that story again. By the okay. way, we'll, we'll film it for the okay. for, okay. The, for the IG. Okay. I got you. I got you. Okay. So, but let's let's talk about that though, because you said a lot of people find you from your website. Yeah. Obviously, word of mouth. Yes. Is referral. always like the strongest because mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you gotta hire my girl. Like that's yeah. But referral. In terms of right, in terms mm-hmm. of staying out there, how much time do you spend? On IG, on Snap, on TikTok, like what do you like? What do you? Wh- um, how do you approach that stuff? I don't spend as much time on TikTok as some other people because I'm just like I'm like a G. I'm not gonna be doing some corny like dance on TikTok or some skit where I'm lip syncing. I did one. I did one, and it was freaking from Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, like as far back as I can remember. I've always wanted to be a gangster, and that was like the only one that I ever did. I'm just like not that type of chick. I'm like a rude girl. That's good, know? fellas. Good fellas, whatever. It's good. <laughs> I knew you were going to correct me. I just said the first thing that came out of my mouth. But let's just say, just for the record, for those who aren't yeah. listening, Goodfellas, some consider the greatest movie made of all time. Certainly, you got Godfather, yes. Goodfellas, like neck and mm-hmm. neck, certainly in that genre. Dirty Rotten Scoundrel is a comedy yeah. with Steve Martin and... Yeah, uh, it is. And, I, and what's his name? No, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's sorry. just funny that that's you mentioned. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of you. I just yeah. think it's hilarious that that's what you said. Oh, um, but I that's love, a cool one. But that's Martin. a cool quote to, to quote. Yeah, so that was like the only one that I really did. So um, when it comes to viral content, it's not always fun. And I say that because... Um, you know, I was at Rolling Loud this year and I was shooting BTS for uh, Zaytoven's documentary. Okay. And so we got a lot of stuff of the Migos and I had a shot of um, Takeoff smiling and it was like one of the only ones. And basically when people were being doing disgusting things that they do online, being vile and vulgar online, I decided to share the picture of his smile to just combat that so that's the last thing that everybody sees instead of just this terrible imagery that from the video dude like you're making me cry for real yeah and it ended up getting like millions of views and like like thousands of people thanking me and following me so to be honest with you being genuine online and being a good person those are the kind of things that people see people follow me just off gp and they're looking at all the other ways that i've supported artists and stuff like that you know and they like that they like that you know they're like oh who's next you know right mm-hmm. so that's what I mean and it's just unfortunate that it had to be a viral moment that it had to be surrounding something like that and it's like honestly the biggest the only other time I ever really went viral like that Quavo put me in his story when we were DJing at Buckhead Saloon one night and I was playing his song so I got like 75,000 views just off of that just him putting me in his story so these guys were like really freaking popular and and I guess like I'm just like grateful to have been a part of the journey and be able to be a part of that because that's like magic right there that would rub off on other people, you know? Right. Well, you know, one of the things I do with this show, whether it's an artist like yourself or somebody that owns a business, is like, these are people that I feel like, whether you live here or not, it's cool to get to know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I had a friend say that to me once. He's like, oh, like, you're, you're like, you're like putting all these people on that like, people who know, know, but mm-hmm. a lot of people, do you, do you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'll like I'll have somebody on that usually all my other guests know, but nobody outside of my guests know. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Because right. of the circles that they travel yeah. in. Yeah. And so and personally, this is this is cool for me. I like getting to know people. I saw your content. I was like, mm-hmm. she'd probably want to come on the show. Let's see. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so that's what this is always about. Is like mm-hmm. I'm just so just in love with my town, basically. I love Atlanta. I've lived here oh, I've lived here for twenty one years. And you would never leave. No, I've tried to leave a couple times and I was like, it's whack here. I need to get back home. I miss my friends, you know, <laughs> people I'm still friends with to this day. So, you know, where, where did you try to go? 
Um, I went, tried to go to New York, and then I went back to Florida. And I, I mean, I really just, I didn't go to New York, like, forever. I just, like, would go up there and stay and stuff like that and DJ gigs and stuff. So for you, how busy do you keep your calendar? Um, my calendar is actually pretty busy, and um, I really like to fill my calendar with a lot of different things because there's business to do every day. Like, I've got videos to edit people to talk to, social media stuff to handle, email blasts to send out, crates to make, dinner to cook. Right. So I'm like literally always busy, you know? It takes a lot. Just even being a woman and being a DJ, like I'm probably going to spend three, like two to three hours or more getting my nails done. Getting what? My nails done. Oh, what about the hair? My hair, my hair appointment is next week. And then I get my bangs trimmed every two weeks. So every two weeks, no matter what, you get them trimmed, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, they start to get too long. So it's a lot. It's a lot. You that's, know, I got to say, that's an advantage of being like just where I'm at in life. Like, I just don't. This is me. I, I can put, definitely on, I can put to, on a T-shirt and jeans every day. and. Yeah, I can. Def, I, there's definitely places that I have to be to where I can't really go if my hair isn't done and my nails are looking crazy. So Right. But I know. meant as far as actual gigs, that's what I kind of oh, meant. Oh, keep that gigs. calendar busy. Yeah, you know, I'm really weird with gigs right now. Ever since COVID, I mean, everything was great before COVID when PPP and everything was going on, the gigs were really great. And, you know, just in, with inflation and the recession and things like that, there's been a lot of people that I, a lot of gigs that I really had to turn down because it was just too much work for not the right amount of money. It wasn't the right situation. So, you know, you just got to like wait. And it's fun. And now that it's the holiday season, it's pick, it's definitely picking up. But the last, like, I would say two weeks wasn't good though. But before that I was doing a lot of out of town shows. So, club scene in Atlanta, I don't like it that much. When you say clubs, you mean these kind of clubs or regular no, clubs? No, I just mean like I just mean like I don't really enjoy some of the clubs that I've had to DJ at with their toxic culture that they have like at the club. You meaning, know what I'm meaning what? Um, just like you know, saying that you're gonna pay somebody off of a bottle that they sold and then disappearing at the end of the night, things like that. It's usually got to do with, like, not being generous to people that are being generous with you. But I feel like at this stage of the game... Which is treating somebody that bought a a section like crap. Things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. You know. But but, But for your money, I feel like you're smart enough to, like... You you don't get screwed on those kind of deals. No, though. no, no. The last time... This is what really happened. Let me tell you what really happened. No, I don't. And to the point to where I had to go back and forth with a particular Midtown club about my, my cash. And um, basically, it took me like about a month to get everything all the way squared away. They were like trying to turn everything into direct deposit. And then they told me that they were going to take me off the bill Friday if I didn't apologize. And I'm a rude girl. I was like, apologize? Like, what kind of gaslighting shit is this? You are the one that did something to me. And I just made sure that you gave that shit to me. And it might not have felt good for you. I wasn't even that mean. Just naggy. So I don't even... We don't have to talk about dollars and cents, but yeah. but I don't even know like how it works. Is it typically like X upfront plus door deal or plus the bar? Like how does um, it... It depends. I've had... I definitely... It depends on whether I'm a partner or not. So, you know, usually... Um, usually it just, it just like really just kind of depends, you know? So it's different everywhere. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely different everywhere. And then, um, the other thing that I was going to say about, oh yeah. And then they tried to book me for another club, like in the area that they own. 
and I got all ready. The manager called me at like after, like it was like 11, 15. I'm like, I'm on the way. Great, great to see you. I'm DJing from 12 to 2. And then I get there, and then they're like, it's closed. And I had spent all this, I had just paid $30 parking. Oh, like, my God. Ready. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I don't know if they're going to book me again because I like demanded that they at least send me $100 for coming down there. Well, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think that that was crazy. But to them, I guess they don't really like people that do things like that, that are about their business. Like, I'm sorry. So what happened between 12 and they closed? I don't know what happened. You still don't know. No, I know. I don't know what happened. So I just made sure that I got my money out of it. You can't do that to a DJ like me. Not saying that you could do that to anybody, but there are. But I have been in a in a position in the past to where I couldn't really act like that. Right. But I'm at the point to where, like, listen, I promoted this shit, and that means something. You know, there's gonna, people about to pull up, and you guys are going to be closed. Right. So you're going to have to like do something for me for that. Do you? Being in kind of a crazy late night environment, do you worry about like safety? Absolutely. I really don't even go out hardly at all. And because of safety right now, it's just it's just really, really dangerous. You know, the next time that I'm going anywhere is where I'm DJing Friday night. No, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Even when, but I mean four gigs. Oh, to me, you know? well, you know, the last place that I DJed at, um, there was like security like all around standing all around me. Like there was like a lot of security in the club. Like, a lot. Like, they had, like, bouncers to nowhere. Nobody could, like, walk up to the DJ booth or anything, you know? So, and and I always, I never go anywhere alone either. Right. Not well, a good idea. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at. I always have at. representation right. with me when I go places. So. Probably a good move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you, when it comes to whether it's a corporate gig or a, or a, or a club gig, how much is... How much is an idea of this is how I feel this night is going to go? And how much is it just like I'm feeling the vibe and this is where we're going to go? Well, um, with a club, it's, a, it's like about 50. Nah, I'm going to say I'm going to say it's going to be about 70, 30, you know, 70, 30, which way? OK, so it's like basically I'll plan, but I'm going to only use about 30 percent of that plan unless it's like a wedding or something that has like a specific time and on it. Right. Know? Yeah, because it just kind of depends. I will have a group of songs to like choose from, you know, and then decide with how everybody's feeling and everything. Can you tell me an example of like a horrible gig? Mm, a horrible gig? Not about not getting paid, but I mean about like a okay. crowd not feeling it or just, you know, mm. maybe it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. And again, you don't have to name specific things, but. I don't really know about a crowd not feeling it, but when you get to gigs and it's like more work than you realized you so, have to like move or <laughs> you know what I'm saying like oh we need you in, to DJ in this place next you know and or it's just like several yeah moving I don't really like moving like why would they have to move you they, they're all everybody's moving to this room so instead of getting their shit wired into that room to where they have speakers in that room I have to friggin move <laughs> or DJing more sections than like more time slots. That's why on my contract I have like specific time slots that I'm DJing, so they can't just like feel like oh we've got a brunch now too. You have to be here at nine. Right. People will try anything. Right. No, no. I think again that's in most. Those are the things that I don't like. Yeah, I feel like that's a no matter what business you're in, clients are always pushing back a little. Like, can you just do this one thing? And it's like, no, that thing costs X. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's like an it's like an equation. Mm. Well, but it's also just like sometimes they mean sometimes they don't even mean harm by it because to them it's like, oh, well, but again, it's just this slope of like, well, then you're doing this, this and this. And it's like, that's why contracts are like everything, 
even if it's just in an email, like, hey, this is what we said. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So with clubs and stuff, I don't really do contracts like I, w- like I do when I'm doing an event because an event, it's just always more, you have to do a walkthrough, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> you have to get a deposit. <laughs> right. You know, at the club, you can just pay me at the end of the night. It's, tr- it's cool. You know, you don't have to, like, shake them down for a deposit every time because it's not your first time working with them. Right. You know, you work with them all the time, so you're supposed to have rapport. And so that's the problem with the clubs is that sometimes that rapport heads south, and it's just, like, not the same situation anymore. Right, because you know what happens to bands, too, right? Same thing with, like, a rock band or any kind of band. It's like they're promised X, and then the end of the night, they're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. Because they don't give a shit. They'll never see the band again. They don't care. Yeah, yeah. So that's why you just have to stand your ground and make sure... I'm just saying that as a woman, you know, especially a woman in business, you have to be able to stand your ground and, um, you know, get your money, especially right now in this time. (laughs) But you've always just traveled in whatever circles? Yeah. Like socially and... Yeah. Yeah. It was always like a really social thing. Like if I was somewhere, like these places that I go to, I'm like there to meet specific people and we're all there together and it's all kind of like a togetherness thing so wherever they tell me that we're popping at and showing up at and popping out at that's where i pull up to but i'm saying like just growing up or whatever you just always oh, had growing like- up yeah i mean i was going i mean i was like going to juke joints and stuff in florida when i was like really young probably like 15 do you, did you did you ask like to get your first turntable no i, I bought my own turntables and then until then, I'm, I'm going to be really honest. I just, like, DJed on my boyfriend's turntables. That, that what's we wrong with that? Up. Nothing. I d- we had turntables in the house, so I had turntables to use. There's nothing and wrong with I that. And then I ended up buying my own in my 20s. What happened to him? Do we know? Um, yeah. Everything's good. <laughs> you know, no hard feelings. Okay. Um, so, so I guess I'm getting to when you first decided to spin. That's kind of what I'm getting at. Yeah, he had, he's the one that had the turntables. And you were like, oh, I want to try this. Well, I had bought some before that, but I didn't like them. I had bought some Geminis, and I could DJ a little bit on those, but they were belt-driven. I didn't really like them. So really, I didn't really feel like I was DJing then, but I didn't, don't really feel like I was really like DJing, DJing until I got on them Technique 1200s because they had that freaking torque, and they had, like, they just spin better. Like, you touch them, and everything stays the same. Like, the torque all stays the same. Right. I, I just, I guess I'm trying to get to, like, the first time. You were like, oh, this is something I want to do. Well, really, the turntable wasn't really even the first time. Because when I was young, I would, like, I had, like, the double tape recorder, you know? And I would, like, make DJ mixes, and I would, like, talk into it. If my tapes broke, I would, like, take them apart. And I would, like, like fix them and like tape them back together and be like my tape works again I, I used to take my my grandfather's old tapes like Harry Belafonte and stuff like that and I used to put tape on the top so I could like tape over and you them. tape over them yeah yeah I had a, these kids today they don't know anything about they that don't know. I had I had one of those boom boxes that you could speed up and slow down like each side right so that was a big part of it. And we were already listening to different types of music outside of just like pop music. We were listening to Jam Pony and different stuff that was coming out of Florida right. and Outkast. Right. And, and so that's what these people today don't understand is that too like because we would make mixtapes for each other. Yeah. Like you'd make one for either like your girlfriend or just a friend mm-hmm. or play it mm-hmm. at a party. And so then it wasn't even Spotify. What was that first one? Oh, Napster? My, not, no, no, not no. Napster. <laughs> Napster was just like you downloaded songs, but nobody Whoa. made lists. But the mm-hmm. one before Spotify, that was the first one to like... You you play one song and then it just gives you a bunch more. That was the first oh, one. Okay. okay. What the fuck yeah. was it called? I don't remember. People who are listening were yelling it in their cars right now. But um, mm-hmm. that was like, oh holy shit! Like I just put in like 
the Beatles and now it's going to give me a bunch of other music kind mm. of like that. I like the Beatles. Cool. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, what's everybody going to do when they find out I like the Beatles? <laughs> you should like, what would you, I know, I like, have, would you listen to like the older stuff or like, what do you? I, I like all of it, to be honest with you. I like the ones that I can listen to with my kids and then. Like Yellow Submarine? Mm, no, like, um, <laughs> like I want to hold your hand or right. something like that. Right, right. Um, and then I think about the things that my dad played for me, like I am the walrus. Right. You know, like the trippy stuff. Right. And I could maybe play for that for him when it's older. I don't know. But my son really likes all music, so he'd probably be down for it. Does he like, like, does he kind of know what mom he's does? A, and Yeah, he's a music producer. Already. Oh, how old is your kid? 12, 12, yeah. And he's a music producer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he produces like his own YouTube videos and makes his like own music. Can you tell him to get my 13-year-old son to do a fucking thing <laughs> besides play uh, shit on his phone and watch One Punch videos? Okay. Do you know One Punch Man? Do you know no. That guy? Oh, yeah, I think, I think he told, told me about that. I think he did. So he's just like following what mommy does and like producing shit? Well, his dad actually was a producer. I'm the DJ. But I do produce. But his dad is like basically a producer. So he is, he, when he was real little, you know, we got him a lot of different um, instruments, all the baby instruments and everything. So he's been like the same thing. And then I had one more thing that I wanted to tell you about that I used to do when I was... Okay. The, one of the things that really like got me into DJing was... I don't know. I just used to be like really experimental with like sound equipment like I would take the telephone and I was like I wonder if you and I like got the telephone the receiver wasn't working so I got the telephone to like be on the sound system in the house so like you could hear me and I could hear the person talking like on like the 415s and the big like surround sound that we had like in the living room that's amazing yeah so so you've just always just kind of been fascinating with how that stuff yeah, and that was like more like soldering, not really soldering, soldering, but that's like one of the things that they would say. It was more like when they say soldering, what that means is like it was sound man work that's like actually cutting the wires and twisting things up and building the actual components outside of just digital hardware. So for you, looking down the road, do you think more about bigger gigs, more gigs, having more people work for you? Like what does like success down the line look like for um, you? Eventually, I would like people to work, definitely work for me. But right now, everything where I'm going with my podcast and I've got some big announcements that I'm making really soon. Um, I know where I want to go. And one thing that I've learned in this big age is that it's important to see the line down the road, but don't get disappointed when it doesn't happen as fast as possible, because there's a lot of fucking people out here and uh, I don't want to say competition because it's not really competition it's just like we're just all out here try, everybody's just trying to get it and make it and so it's just trying to see who you can get people to f- like your shit you know and pop off so that's really just about that is just learning to speak to people and by being authentic and also figuring out what kind of problem you can fix for people those are the sort of things that can like help you like get a leg up out here in a place where it's like hard to be seen what like problem do you, what problem is DJ Roots Queen fixing? Oh, okay. So I fix one of the main things that I fix is I'm not going to I'm not going to like ever get involved in the creativity of these young men, but one thing that I am going to do is make sure that I'm there to give my opinion about their music even if it has to be um, hard whether they just suck or they need to learn how to do this or learn how to do that or whatever type of variation that they need to do to switch it up. But especially like if 
the content is too bloody and violent, you got to be able to say something to them then. And they're really young and they don't like it when you do it. They'll get mad. I'd be like, Oof, you know, so that's a big part of what I do. And I also help a lot of artists build their infrastructure. So all of the things that they need to do, I, can, I coach them and teach them how to do those things. So those are the problems that I solve is I teach people how to be seen. I think that's invaluable skill. Yeah, it is. That's why really why I went back to get a marketing degree because I found myself just being a DJ and promoting all of these wonderful, wonderful projects that these people are doing. Like, and a lot of these people, they're, you know, they're quote unquote famous or like had a one hit wonder. Some of these people are one hit wonders, you know? So with that being said, it's like, they keep putting out these music and none of it goes and you're like this what? is this is the show you and I should do okay instead okay. of flash okay this is the reality show that we could pitch okay 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 you take these one hit wonders from mm-hmm. the 90s maybe even some 80s okay right you're like assigned yeah. to them yeah and yeah. like we're going to we're going to get yeah. a new hit for you guys yeah oh that's a good idea okay and then yeah. right mm-hmm. and then they go well this is the song we've been tooling around with and you okay. and you mix it or you do whatever you do and see if yeah. you can get a real hit yeah, yeah. Well, also, it's about like the main thing is about is about like marketing the hit and creating the buzz around it. So that's why I got the marketing degree was because I wanted to know how my voice could get heard. Because when my voice gets bigger, I can talk about shit that people need to be seeing. That's good, or that is just somebody that's trying to test the market out. Because I mean, people literally, people will literally pay me just to like push them to see what the market thinks of them, and they'll be on my live doing the music, and people will tell you in these comments especially on some of these YouTube pages that have the bigger right. followings. I mean, they're brutal in the comments. They tell you. But see, that's why But see, that's why some successful people say don't read the comments. Yeah, well, this is the thing about it. Yeah, don't, but you're already successful. If you're already successful, don't read the comments. But if you're not successful, read the comments. You know, it'll help you learn to accept feedback from the people that are telling you these things nicely. Because people could be very, very mean about it. So I think that's just a big problem that a lot of people have in general, especially with like self and self development is that they don't understand how to take feedback and they want to get like defensive about everything. Right. Or just completely deny it. And it's toxic behavior. I, I concur. I Mm -hmm. I think, uh, denial is rough. I mean, I, I have a very, what's the word? I have a very split relationship with social media because mm-hmm. before I did this show, I have another whole business that I do that was born out of social media. It would mm-hmm. not have existed if social didn't exist. That's how yeah. we spread podcasts and, and That's amazing. everything, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like to I like to see what's cool out there and I like to like I enjoy surfing social just like anybody, but I yeah. also see how fucking horrible and toxic oh, it can gosh, be it's and so it's painful. Awful. It is painful. It's painful. I can't I don't even hardly watch the news. Like, I just, I just really just try to stick to cool content. You know, I follow a lot of people that post a lot of clips from, you know, a lot of self-development stuff. Maybe a little bit of booty shaking. <laughs> Do you follow any accounts like that? I follow the accounts. I'm not watching it to watch that. They just might post such that as, sometimes. Such as? You know, like, um, any of the, any, anybody that has their own... Like independent social media profile that has a lot has like medium traffic. It doesn't necessarily have to be shade room or anything like that. But they post booty shaking videos and stuff like that on right. there too. 
You know, anything. I can't even think of name one. I don't know if you know Montana White, for example. He's got his, like, you know, there'll be, like, Hood Famous TV or whatever and stuff. They repost videos and find content to post. And I always, like, I like to watch those because they'll be posting stuff from Breakfast Club, Shade Room, and other blogs and podcasts that have, like, key information so I don't have to watch all this shit. (laughs) To figure out what's going on. That's why I have my co-host. That's what she does is watches all the interviews. And what was the name of this guy? I want to look it up real quick. Who was I talking about again? Um, you just said it. Somebody that, that's influential, that's, but also does oh, booty shaking. Oh, Montana White. You can look him up. Look him he up right is, now. Yeah, I, um, he, he does a lot of like strip club promo. Montana. He's at Platinum. Um, he'd be at Onyx. He's kind of like a Smurf World type of guy. I don't know if you know Smurf World. Montana, there's Montana White. Whitefish. No, Montana White 100. 100. Yeah, <laughs> you know the, you got to put the Hyundai on the end. Blazing Hot 100. I don't the, know. Blazing, that's a reggae station. Blazing that, hot. that can't be it. Is that it? No, I don't know. This must be a fake account because this only has like 32 followers. Okay, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know. I just made up a name really, Hood Famous TV. I oh, here know. we go, here we go. This, this, okay. this is the right one. Okay. This is the right one, okay. So that's been my friend for a really, really long time and he always looked out for me Anytime that I go to the strip club and bring an artist, he's always got... Host of Atlanta Mix Show? Yeah, he's always basically got the places and venues for me to bring artists to to get their record played in strip clubs because I move around a lot like that, too. All right, well, let's, why don't we, we'll record that. We'll shout him out. How about that? Okay. <laughs> Whoa, that light's bright. I know, it is bright. You might, have, you might watch me out. Um, yeah, one of the people in the strip club industry that I really like to work with is Montana White. So he always gets me a lot of great shows for artists and places that they can get their record played in the Atlanta strip clubs. And it really makes a difference for the artists. So I fuck with Montana White. Yeah! He's going to be so happy. Right? Well, it's interesting because, like, like everybody wants to be... Everybody wants to get shouted out or wants to be... And it's like, you could do... like you can do so much good just by taking like five seconds to do that. Right. Yeah. Like maybe he follows me, maybe he doesn't after this. It'd be great Mm -hmm. if he does, but it's like, Mm -hmm. I just know how it feels to be shouted out. It feels awesome. Exactly. So it's like, let's do that for each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Like, um, whenever we take pictures at my podcast, I always talk about the people in the pictures and what it is that they do and that people should follow them. Right. This is our amazing executive producer. Right. This is our photographer. And I'm, I'm, I'm always Mm -hmm. repping somebody's shirt. And so, and so mm-hmm. I always tag whoever's I'm wearing because it's like, and they yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Whether yeah. they're a huge company or a small company, mm-hmm. they just like, oh, cool, you're wearing my shit. Yeah. Yeah. People like that. Like a lot more famous than people than me have worn this, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't really do the clothes so much anymore. I've moved to the realm where I can charge for that. So the kind of things that I like to do is um, see if I can get Drake or any of these rappers to like put me in their story. I'll be at the club. That's why I be dressing cute at the club so I can play Rennie Rucci, um, not Jeezy, um, who is it? CeeLo, Lil Jon, Duke Deuce. Like a lot of these artists that are popping right now, like they'll see that I'm in the club spinning them and they'll repost it. You know, ATL Jacob, like all those people. Like I was playing Super Gremlin at Cheetah and I recorded it and you know of course he's going to repost that. Right. No, again, yeah. it's like it's not like their song hasn't been played a, a million, million times, times, but they're like, That's "Oh, cool." Point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like they still appreciate that you're taking the moment to yeah, to shout exactly. them out, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Like I'm playing this in the club right now because I genuinely like it. Right. I had a song in the world right now, you know, especially if it means So you that know what you're doing. You're 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 a smart person. Yeah. I didn't even like clearly I don't even know you, but that's again why I do this is like I get to know people. You know, we shot a young Dolph video in a parking lot here. 
We shoot on what? We shot a young Dolph video in the parking lot here and in the building across the street. Okay, what's the building across the street? Um, it used to be Big Biz Media. It was an office that our company had, like a partner in our company had. How many companies do you have right now? Um, oh my gosh, we got Digital Dope Radio, Rugo Radio, R. Williams Enterprises, and that's like four or five different things. And then, I mean, we have people... That business partner, I saw him selling a Frenchie yesterday on his Instagram page. Selling what? A Frenchie, like a French bulldog. Oh. You know, everybody just kind of does a little bit of everything. But yeah, we shot, um, oh, not, was it wasn't Get Paid. It was Left the Bank um, off of Zaytoven's album. So yeah, we was in the parking lot right there. Right. Um, I, mean, I was going to ask you something else that I saw here. Oh, this. I was going to swing by this, and then I ended up not making it. Oh, yeah. That was cool. That was cool. It was, you know what was really cool about that? We created content around that. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Yeah, we um, actually created content around that and did some, like, videos in the store. So that's what we're doing for that company is, um, you know, brand awareness. Nice. So helping them, you know, do cool things to create content. Yeah, and that's so, why I said keep sending me because, yeah, like, I can't, I don't make a, a ton of stuff. Yeah, see, look, talks, versatility of Jordans. New York City. Nice. But and yeah, that's our so friend from um, he's like the head of hip hop at um, Sirius XM. Nice. Pop Nation Shade Forty Five. Shade Forty Five. Yeah. I uh, I do not stay out that late anymore. I go to bed early. Um, but so if there's daytime events, I'm like, oh, yeah, cool, maybe, day, yeah, maybe I'll swing cool by, and then, I, and then I didn't make it. And then you know the thing that people don't the p- thing that people forget about that kind of stuff is that we also like paid to get that content created like we flew him down here and made sure that he was taken care of and i think that that's what people forget is that we're real friends pay each other i feel like that's a fucking bumper sticker real friends pay each other yeah people should be paid for the services they offer especially when they do something like create great content like that it's like this is skilled craft you know right like i wouldn't ask you to play my kids party for free right i'd be like hey what are your rates i'd love to have you come yes because exactly. I recognize your value. Exactly, exactly. That's what real friendship is, is that real friends definitely pay each other. I, but I feel like nobody's saying it like that, like the way you just said it. Yeah. I feel like you just dropped something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want you to tell me your uh, favorite Magic City story. So my favorite Magic City story was this one night, all the ballers were in the building, and <laughs> I was at my friend's birthday party, and we were in the birthday section, and all these people kept like throwing money at me and I didn't know if they like were meaning to throw money at me but it got very blatant to where it was like stacks of cash like hitting me in the head and the dancer that was on stage bent down while she was twerking you know how they do and she was like are you gonna pick up your money and I was like wait I can pick this money (laughs) and it was like $150 so this is the only strip club that that's ever happened at like normally Mm-mm. Normally you get tipped out. It's not you can have this. You the one tipping. And if money hits you, it's like all for the dancers. I wasn't dancing. I was just here at a birthday party. Right. So I wasn't dressed. So you have to so the DJ has to tip out. No, I wasn't DJing or anything. No, no, you oh you were just you were just oh you were just here. Yeah, I was I, just here. I, <laughs> well that changes everything. That's what I mean. Yeah, I was just here. You were just here enjoying the show. Yeah, I was here enjoying the show, but I was in the VIP section. You know, so I don't know, maybe I looked like famous or something. I'm not sure who they thought I was, but I really liked that they were throwing me all that money. And it was like a couple. It was like, I don't know. You were clearly their type. Maybe. Maybe. They were like foreign, too. I was like, oh, Lord, what is happening? But I, nobody bothered me or anything, you know. But. All right. So I'm going to ask you the Atlanta favorites quiz. Okay. There are no wrong answers. Okay. What is your go-to order at Waffle House? 
my go-to order at Waffle House is I'm going to go with a all-star breakfast. Okay. A pecan waffle. I'm going to give the waffle to my kid. And then I'm going to have my eggs over easy. I'm going to have my bread. I'll, I'll do wheat bread, even though I like the white bread. I'll try to be a little bit healthy, you know. Um, so wheat bread toasted, of course, so I could dip it in the eggs. And then I like my hash browns scattered, smothered, covered, and jalapenos and hot, I guess. Perfect. Yeah. What is your current favorite place to eat in Atlanta? My favorite current place to eat in Atlanta. I'm going to go with homegrown. It still is my favorite what if it's dinner time? Oh, if it's dinner time, to be honest with you, I cook so much. So if I was going to go out to dinner and I could go anywhere I wanted, it would be Steak Market ATL. But I'm going to go with Chai Pani. It's like this little Indian spot in Decatur. It's so good. I try to eat very, very healthy. Right. I actually have a love-hate relationship with restaurants. I love the food there, but I don't like the oil that they cook. I don't use canola oil at all in my diet. So I'm very, very funny about things. That's why I don't really like to eat at Waffle House. Okay. Because of the, how much butter and oil they use. What, what are the shoes of today? Oh, my shoes today are my bubblegum, my bubblegum um, Air Force Ones, not Air Force Ones, um, Jordans. Okay. Bubblegum Jordans. Okay. Didn't know they made that color. Is that oh, this so, design for you? No. Um, let me find it. See, look, there's a piece of bubble gum on the bottom. Oh, look at that. Hang on. Let's see if that... <laughs> Can you see it? <laughs> All right. Perfect. I haven't been to yoga lately, so... <laughs> you haven't been what? To yoga lately, so I'm not flexible to uh, put my foot up there. Okay, so make sure you're still... It was my attempt at comedy. Uh, just make sure you're still in the shot there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was my attempt at comedy. You're, you're perfect. Okay. okay. Um, Publix or Kroger? Your DeKalb Farmer's Market. You can say whatever you want. Okay. There are no wrong answers. That's what I just said. You're DeKalb Farmer's Market. She, she's got it. gave away my secret. It's already packed enough. Uh, yes, that place is crowded. Um, finish the sentence. I take Marta blank. I take Marta whenever I need to go to a Braves game, but I can't anymore because the Braves aren't downtown. So <laughs> I used to take Marta to go see the Braves, and I miss that. Uh, Outcast or Goody Mob? You know what? Outcast like, is Goody Mob, though. Yes and no. But if, you had to pick one, but if you had to pick one. I'm going to go with Goody Mob because they follow me on Instagram. Well, that, that's... Okay. All right. We just, saw, we just saw them yesterday. They were yeah. at the Hawks game. I know. I, I know. I saw your footage on that. I love Gib. That's a great guy. Um, the, yeah. The, speaking of, like, people want to be shouted out, like, um, uh, Cujo said, like, hey, support my new music. Don't just listen to the old stuff. So, yeah. I, like, so I put a thing up where I'm like, hey, he's go. He's got a good new, good new he, song. I liked his song. He performed it at New Music Monday. I liked it at the Coalition DJs. So um, artists, that's where they, they can come get heard. Where at? Know? It's at Stankonia. We do it every Monday at Stankonia. What know? time? Can I make it? Is it too late? Um, we do it on Mondays. At what time? Um, supposed to start at six. Okay. <laughs> so I would say seven to ten. All right. It's supposed to be six to nine. All right, but 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 at least it's not eleven to three. Like I could possibly make that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely at early. the world famous Stankonia. And is there like a cover charge or yeah, just whoever $20 makes it? Dollars to get in. And okay. It's, um, three hundred to perform. Okay. If you want to do a takeover? Like artists will come in and take over, and it'll be a thousand. You can have all your branding up and do the nice whole Shazam and like literally everybody, every single person that has ever been big in hip hop comes through there. So, so you might see somebody huge. Yeah, and uh, there'll be there's a lot of like executives and people that you need to know and network with, or at least see what they look like and be like hi or anything. Just putting yourself in the same room as people that inspire you is like always really important, even if you have to pay for it. And when I say that, like have to pay for it, I mean things like 
paying to go see, um, you know, a speaker's convention where they have, like, for example, Bill Gates. If Bill Gates was speaking, you know, they would... or. Gary, right. Gary Vanderchuk, you know, he charges for the for right. to see him speak, and people will pay the money and go see Gary Vanderchuk. Right. Trust me, it's worth it. He's very inspiring. I, I used to be big on Gary. I'm off the Gary train. Oh, you're off of Gary? We I met t- him a while, a while we, back. We can talk about it later. Okay. okay. I also met him. Oh, I interviewed okay. him twice. Oh, wow. And he was very generous with his time, so that's yeah. one of the reasons I do like him, but yeah. we'll talk about it later. It's okay. too long to talk okay, about. Okay, I got you. It's just basically it got to be the same message over and over, though. Oh, like you get right. into Gary for like a year, you've yeah, heard everything. I get you, yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So he, he needs to like expand more onto what he teaches. Where did you talk or, to him? Oh, you know, he interviewed Zaytoven. We were at, we went to his office in New York in Hudson Yard. We went to Vayner Media. Right. I could say that that would definitely be like the dream goal would be to like end up having that many people work for me. He's got like an entire room of people, and all they do is create content. They do his for him content? All day. I know. I know. It's insane. It's like 60 people. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah. can I find that episode? Where is that? Hmm. I don't know. I'll have to send it to you. I'll, you know, it would probably be better for me to send you the clip that I have of it where I just got him about saying about a minute, talking for about a minute when okay. I was in the office. So, That's fine. Of him giving some advice. Because um, I'm... I could, I'm sure it's on my LinkedIn. That's probably where I would post that. <laughs> okay. All right. No, no. I just, like I said, he was, I got to talk to him tw- when the Super Bowl was here. Mm-hmm. We talked for about 10 minutes. And then, uh, and shout out D-Rock, by the way, his, his camera guy that follows him. He's the one who, I talked to him and he got me mm-hmm. in. And then when they came, when I saw them again in Miami, he remembered me and then we got to talk again. Yeah. And so, see, I think that that's genuine that he remembered you or maybe. Well, D-Rock did. I don't know if Gary did or oh, not. You know what? It's hard, it's hard. I don't remember a lot of people sometimes. I don't either. So, and I meet far less people than Gary. But let me get yeah. back to my let me get back to my questions. What is the best show that you weren't that you didn't perform in that you you've ever seen in Atlanta? The best show that I didn't perform in that I've ever seen. I love how you do the whole complete sentence thing, like we're on a reality TV show. Are you just is that what is that what people said you should always do when you're being interviewed? No, do the complete I sentence just, thing. I've just been doing this for a long time, right? Because you, know, so. you don't have to with me, but I appreciate that you're doing it. Yeah, I do that so that way I could just make sure it gives me time to think. When I say oh. the sentence again, it gives me time to think about what I'm about to say. Right, so but it all, it also is like people say to do that so then they can cut around it. But like I'm always fine, even if no. you don't say it. But no, but you can. Yeah, but that's not why though. I did it. I think that's smart though. Yeah, you're so. you're you're a smart lady. So what was the question again? <laughs> The question was, was, what's the best concert in Atlanta or show you've ever seen? The best concert or show in Atlanta I've ever seen. It's been a long time in Atlanta, and I've seen a lot of great shows. I can say, honestly, the the funnest time that I ever really had in Atlanta, it was very, it was not the same as, you know what, okay. The funnest time that I ever had had a, okay, the funnest time that I ever had at a show in Atlanta, it would depend on, like, time period. I have several ones for... Go ahead. Lay it on me. Um, I've seen Carl Cox at 1150. That was pretty amazing. Okay. Um, I saw Kruder and Dorfmeister at 1150. That was pretty amazing. I saw DJ Jazzy Jeff at Django in 2006, and that was incredible. And then he brought in a reggae DJ from New York named Max Glazer, who I actually know now, and that was freaking tore it down. It felt like I was, like... In the 90s, again, it was, like, incredible. It was very, very nostalgic. I've had so many great parties that I probably don't even remember. I've been, I've seen Young Dolph in Atlanta several times. I saw him at the Tabernacle. It was really, really great. Gucci Man at, and Friends at the Fox Theater. That was amazing. To be honest with you, even Yo Gabba Gabba at the Fox Theater was amazing. I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so when we did Yo Gabba Gabba, DJ Lance Brock, he had Arrested Development perform, and... Rest in peace to Bismarcky, and Bismarcky was out there DJing. 
And if you had the real expensive ticket, which I couldn't get, it was like $1,000 or something, your kid could like get up on stage with Biz Markie. So I'm so jealous. My kids, when we started watching that show, we were like, oh my God, this show is made for me. Yeah. Right? And then we took them, you know, as you do when they're young. We took, I took them to a Sesame Street thing. Uh, yep, and then yep. when Yo Gabba Gabba happened, I actually had to go out of town for work. So my wife took Emma, my daughter. To the Fox Theater? I think it was the Fox. So yeah. that might have been the show you're talking about. Yeah, it probably is. My wife wouldn't have known who any of those people are. Oh, my okay. wife would not have known who the biz okay. is. Okay. Uh, so that's hilarious. Um, and she wouldn't remember enough I asked, but that is amazing. That's definitely not ever been said. Yo Gabba Gabba has not been brought up yet okay. in the Atlanta Favorites quiz, so that's amazing. Yeah. Love it. I'm going to show okay. a little graphic of them okay. right here. It was pretty cool, I'm telling you. And I've seen a lot of great shows with a lot of, a lot of great artists. Like, oh my gosh, especially at places like Pal's Lounge, seeing Joy perform with the live band, seeing the Trap Jazz Band perform. There's so many like bands in Atlanta that put on great shows and great ensembles that aren't like the biggest that have that do play for big artists, you know, then play with big artists. So there's a lot of different venues. You know, you have Apache and Yin Yang and that's where all the India REs and Preach and all of those type of people came from. So the Atlanta music scene is so diverse. That's why there's, I would have to say, like different shows for different times. Did you um, did you ever work with Speaker Fox? I did. Um, we were best friends. Really? At a point in time in our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of came up together. together. Um, she was like, I had already been DJing for a while when she learned how to DJ. So I just like made sure she was on point and everything. I don't want to say I taught her because she did a lot of the work and also other DJs were involved. Right. So I don't want to say that, but I was definitely like influential in like helping her like build what she built. That's awesome. Yeah. What about Daniel? I love Daniel. He just changed his Instagram the other day. Have you seen it? So I had dinner with Daniel. Okay. Um, listen to the Daniel episode, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't heard it, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. He was on Daniel, aka Heroes and Villains, yeah. aka HXV. And I said, what did you do? I said, do you just not want to be found? And he's like, not really. I just wanted to see if I could put something out just as an artist without and just be anonymous. I'm like, that's fucking kind of amazing. He would do something like that. But what's crazy is that I figured out who it was like right away. And I don't know. How think- did you figure out who it was right away? <sighs> well, it's got kind of a picture, right? Kind of it wasn't him. the picture. It, w- it wasn't the picture. It was when I clicked on the link and I realized it was about techno. Right. And I love techno. And I was like, well, Daniel's on a big techno kick right now. So I think that this is Daniel. But yeah, so that's the music that I'm talking about. That yeah. to me was what I grew up with. Yeah. It, you know what? I what was, would you call that? I was getting, to be honest with you, I was getting like, it's it's called experimental ambient. You know, I I was getting like um, Aphex Twin type vibes. Yeah. I told you I like a lot of music. So right. I was getting like Aphex Twin type stuff. If it's twins, sorry, not twins. Not trying to put an S on everything. Like Kroger. Kroger's. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart's. Yes, exactly. Mm. And I did that. We saw them up at the Kroger's. Yeah. Uh, and the final question is, who should I have next on the Atlanta podcast? Okay. Who should you have next on the Atlanta podcast show? Let me think about it. She must be really thinking because she's playing with her hair. She hasn't done that the entire episode. She's deep oh, in thought. So many, it's so many different people to try to choose from. And what type of um, people do you normally book for the show? All types. All types? Okay. I would probably say somebody with a really cool business or like a great restaurant or something like but that. But is there somebody you know? Oh, like somebody the, that I know. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and even okay. if you don't know them, it could be okay. But because, yeah, we've had. I know a lot of people. So you kind of put me on the spot with this one and I don't <laughs> want to make anybody mad. I want to make sure that they really, I got I to gotta know who really deserves it. I okay. I got to think about who really deserves it. Okay. Okay. 
Does that mean you're going to think now or you're going to get back to I'm me? I'm going to have to get back to you on that one. Okay. Is that okay? Th- that's an acceptable answer. Okay. And listen, yeah. like I said, I've had people recommend their best friend that nobody knows and I've okay. talked to them. I've had people recommend famous people. I've had people recommend, you know what I mean? Like everything. I would want it to be somebody that you would have a cool conversation with and somebody that like honestly like really deserves it. So okay. More, most, for, first and foremost, like really deserves it. Something that put a lot of work in to create something wonderful the world for the world and more people need to hear about it. Like I'm thinking like maybe somebody that has something techie or anything. All right. And where yeah. can people find all things DJ Roots Queen? You can just Google me at DJ Roots Queen and all of my social medias and all of my websites and everything will pop up. That's it? That's all you're yeah. going to say? Mm-hmm. Not Rude Girl? Oh, yeah. Well, when you Google DJ Roots Queen, Rugo Radio pops up. It all pops up. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah. Rugo Radio Volume 4 is out now. And Stankonia, is it every Monday? Stankonia is every Monday. New uh, Music Monday. I'm so coming by. DJs. I can hardly say new music. I, want, I won't sound like I'm from Memphis. New, new Music Mondays. <laughs> new Music Mondays. Okay. There we go. New Music Mondays, Coalition DJs. All right. Stankonia, ATL. If you wait a few more minutes, we can order some wings. Do you want some wings? No. I don't oh, she doesn't want to cook anything with oil or canola oil in it. Oh. I can I can appreciate that. Yeah. I love wings and I love Magic City's wings, so I just make my own air fried version at home. I mean, you can't really make the exact same thing. They're not the exact same thing, but they taste pretty good. My friend, actually, that's who I want you to interview. I want you to interview when he comes to town. I want you to interview DiBiase. Okay. Because he was a big DJ, he was a big crits DJ, and he created this Atlanta lemon pepper and Atlanta lemon pepper hot um, wing. Uh, seasoning, wing seasoning. His own. His own, yeah. Okay, all right. To, and his his marketing is great. I actually, you know, give like you know, I've actually, you know, given him a couple ideas here and there. Like I was like, oh, you know, you know what, you need to do an email blast, and you need to make sure that you send recipes out. You know, things like that. Have a blog. All right, we'll we'll talk to him. Mm-hmm. Thanks okay. for thanks for doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. See you later. there you have it there she was there she went dj roots queen go follow her on ig go see what she's up to go find out where you can catch her latest stuff she's over on Sirius radio she's over at lemon butter seafood she's all over the place go check her out dj roots queen uh thank you so much for checking out this episode please as i always say would love a review, would love a comment, but the best thing you can do is tell a friend and let's grow this thing together. So thank you again so, so much for listening. Love you. Miss you. Mean it. I have got to...